Welcome back to Affiliated, everybody. I'm here with a good friend now, James Klein, who's flown all the way from Montreal to be here in Boise. We're going to go party tomorrow night for some Boise holiday networking stuff. But before we dive into that, before we go have fun, he's going to share his wisdom. He's the owner of Harmonium and True Canine. He's a platinum client on ClickBank. And he's actually onboarded quite a few other platinum clients and ClickBank through his consulting stuff. So he's going to take us through his history and through his ascension into ClickBank and the direct response world. And really how, in my opinion, he's kind of mastered the art of networking, especially online, and has really built a really cool personal brand for himself in a way, especially through a time of COVID when he was first getting started, where all the organic networking really ran dry. So James, thanks so much for joining us here. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and I know you used to come to Boise quite a bit from your bodybuilding.com days. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. This is approximately my 25th visit to Boise. Approximately. But I haven't yeah. been here <laughs> since April 2018, yeah. so I'm way overdue. <laughs> no, nice. And then, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get you on the bullet roddies. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay, maybe not. But I'd love to start off a little bit with your history here in the space in general, not just direct response, because you've had quite a storied past before you, I met you through the uh, ClickBank direct response world. Sure. Um, I've been in the supplement business since 2001, <laughs> but in traditional channels. So I had brands that sold products through brick-and-mortar retailers like GNC and Vitamin Shop through distributors who sold to independent supplement stores and gyms, as well as on bodybuilding.com and Amazon. I focused primarily in the bodybuilding world for a very long time until I entered the direct response space in late 2019. Gotcha. And what, what was that? What caused that shift for you? What made you want to kind of get out of that, what you were doing into direct response? Quite honestly, Amazon had become a very dominant player very quickly. And I was competing with companies who were spending $5 or $6 a click for the word pre-workout, <laughs> and which just was not sustainable for a smaller brand. Um, it became very much about cheapest price, not best product. So I went from a very high margin industry to a very, the transition very quickly into a low margin oh, industry. Okay. And I just thought that there were much better uses of my effort and money than continuing to work for diminishing returns. Gotcha, so you're kind of sick of racing to the bottom a little bit. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And I had a bunch of good friends who had worked at bodybuilding.com in the past, which was also mm -hmm. here in Boise, who came to ClickBank and they reached out to me and said, you have to come into the direct response world. We'll help you. It's a great space. It's a very cooperative space, and we think you'll like it. Nice. Is that Miranda Z Ryan yes. over here? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All all people that I've known for yeah. nine or ten years. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, you've uh, had a core, core group of people that kind of helped you bring over. That's why I think when we started chatting was that twenty nineteen. You and I actually yeah. were introduced a little earlier in about twenty seventeen. Okay. Yeah. And I tried to bring a pre a pre-workout oh, offer right. we worked on to, that. to yeah. ClickBank, but I knew nothing about the affiliate world, nothing about direct response marketing. So, and my pricing structure didn't work for the affiliate model. So that was a very short-lived effort <laughs> that really didn't work. And then in 2019, I made the decision to shift into the direct response. That's world. right. Yeah. Thank you for reminding me. And that's, that's funny because if 
gosh, that was a good chunk of time ago. I was fairly, not green, but still newer to that BDM role. If I knew what I knew now back then, I would have been like, hey, let's not even try with this. <laughs> it would have absolutely. been absolutely. <laughs> tried to make it work, but I think I still have one of your shaker bottles actually in my pantry that we use. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> yes. Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, so you, okay, so 2019, you're like, okay, let's shelve this. Let's move in direct response. And it's, I love your story because it's a bit, I think it really, what a lot of people get misnomered by in the space is like the zero to hero overnight success. Like, oh, it's so easy. You put it up, you stand it up. I don't think any business is really like that. Um, and you've really taken an approach of, despite some setbacks, which I think I'd love to go into with you, of just kind of keep plowing forward and just like really pivoting where you need to and really just, okay, we'll try this now. We'll try this now. We'll try this now. Can you break down maybe your approach on like that first offer you're looking at? Like how'd you break into a new space just to go, I'm going to try this. I decided to do a sleep offer mm -hmm. primarily because of the fact that I have sleep issues myself. I hired a consultant who hired a copywriter and spent a lot of money building an offer that was never going to convert very well. Keep in mind that when I entered the space, I had never seen a VSL. <laughs> I had never seen a text letter. And so I knew nothing about the audience I was trying to sell to. So I made absolutely every rookie mistake that new offer owners who are new to direct response and affiliate marketing make. <laughs> I knew nothing about list management and people who had these millions of names on lists and how they could help promote. So the learning curve was quite steep. And I had the misfortune of launching my offer about six weeks before COVID. Yeah, no. <laughs> so I showed up at Affiliate Summit West yeah, in Las a, Vegas 2020. Live event, right? Yeah. You were the only person in the industry that I had actually mm -hmm. met in real life. Oh, funny, yeah. And... I'm not shy, so thankfully you made some wonderful introductions, and some of those people kept introducing me to other people. So it was sort of like that old shampoo commercial, they told two friends and they told two friends, <laughs> and it, yeah. it sort of snowballed from there. So ASW that year was great, and between the introductions you made and me getting to meet Amber Spears at the mm -hmm. ClickBank party on my last night in Vegas, and literally, Amber and I had 90 seconds together. I spent 60 seconds telling her what I was doing. I remember that conversation. Yeah, that's... <laughs> and she spent the next 30 yeah. seconds telling me why it wasn't going to work and how I needed help fixing it. And I was open to making the changes. And again, your support and introductions and Amber's support and introductions have absolutely been life-changing. Oh, wow. Um, wow. You know, then COVID <laughs> happened. And I was added to a direct response marketing Facebook group. And literally, I could be very sarcastic at times. I like <laughs> funny memes or funny GIFs. And I would post in the Facebook group sort of just as a way to get to know people. And I commented on a lot of posts. And for the first 18 months until I showed up at Affiliate Summit East in New York mm -hmm. in May 2021, my only contact with people in the industry was really via Facebook to get to know them and then via Zoom. So it, in many ways, it couldn't have been worse in terms of timing, but I've been very blessed to meet wonderful people via that Facebook group mm -hmm. who have become close personal friends as well as people I do business with. Because imagine when you got to New York, it was a 
it's probably weird meeting people face to face for the first time, but you had some somewhat of a warm connection there. Very yeah. much so. So yeah. without that Facebook group, I probably wouldn't be in the direct response world today. Yep. I probably would have just shut it down and found something else to invest money in. Yeah, and that's the direct response marketing partners group, which uh, I moderate with Liss and D. It's private. I don't think you even search for it in Facebook anymore. Correct. They locked it down completely. But if you want to get connected into that group, um, you need an invite from someone like myself or James, so you can reach out to us if you want to get active in there. And it's uh, heavily moderated, I'd say. It's not heavily moderated on content. It's heavily moderated on participation, right? Yes. Yeah. And so it's, the whole thing about any Facebook yeah. group like that, if all you're there for is to suck information out of it, but you don't add any value, then you shouldn't be in the group. Yeah. And I'm a big believer in adding value when I can, whether there's something in it for me or not. I just... I like helping people. Yeah, I noticed like when you act when you act in that group, some really positive things I see you do is, right. If you don't know an answer to something, you probably know somebody, and you're tagging people in comments so they can jump into those threads if they haven't seen it, um, or you're just offering to chat and hop on the phone with newbies to the group and just get to know people. Absolutely, yeah. I'm probably on two to three one hour zooms a week, yeah. just with somebody who want to, wants to pick my brain or needs some advice and. I remember three years ago, I was that guy. Yeah. So, and there were people who were very generous with their time to me. So I'm happy to give back to the community as well. Yeah. I think that's one of the big things I love about this space that people usually are very forthcoming with information and willing to help. And I find that it's kind of game respects game a bit, right? Even if you have a small game, it's like people can see that you're trying and see that you're implementing and that you're taking advice and using it. And they're more likely to help you. Very much so. And yeah. coming from the weightlifting slash bodybuilding world <laughs> where most offer or product and brand owners were ex-competitors who didn't like the other guy because one of them beat the other in a bodybuilding competition 15 years earlier, <laughs> you couldn't get 10 offer owners or company owners in a room together because there was so much testosterone and everything became a measuring contest. Whereas I was blown away in this space one weight loss offer owner promotes another weight loss owner's offer. And I think it's absolutely amazing. The, the level of collaboration and people working together was very shocking to me early on, but it, it's wonderful to see. Yeah, no, it's, it keeps me really uh, energized in the space with that. With that, with that year and a half of kind of lockdown when you were, and you, you guys really locked down in Montreal too. Yes. <laughs> in every sense of the word. Um, when you were in that and networking online and trying to get your offer rolling, how'd that go? Like, was that? Oh, it, it, the, the process for somebody who's new to direct response, there's a six to 12 to 18 month learning curve. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I see offer owners who just think because they built an offer that it's, magically going to convert on day one. It doesn't happen like that at all. And sort of what changed the paradigm for me is after a year of constantly tweaking what in retrospect ended up being really bad copy, one day I reached out to Stefan Georgi mm -hmm. via Facebook Messenger. I'd never met him. We had interacted a little bit via Messenger. And I said, I need some advice. When do you blow up an offer and just start from scratch because blow, what blow you have up, is no so good. Blow up, not meaning scale, blow up, meaning press the dynamite, shoot this thing in the backyard and bury it. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. and Stefan was very generous and he said, send me the Google doc, give me a couple of days and I'll get feed, I'll get feedback to you. And literally 10 minutes later, he messaged me on messenger saying, 
oh no, you have to blow this up and start over. This, this was the sleep offer? This was the yep. sleep offer. And we had spent months trying to tweak copy and make it convert. And the the lead was wrong. The hook was wrong. The, the whole pitch was totally wrong. And what I've come to realize about the sleep market is 35, 40% of the people who are buying sleep supplements online are chronic insomniacs. There's mm -hmm. not a supplement in the world that's going to help them but they see 90-day or 180-day guarantee, so they buy it knowing that they really need to be working with their doctor to be on prescription meds to get them some level of sleep. So the returns ended up being higher than I'd like, and we put, I put a lot of time, effort, and money into copy, trying to make it convert, and I got it converting enough to the point that I reached platinum status, which was yeah. great, but it really wasn't scalable beyond that. So I've made the decision to get out of the sleep market and the offer will be turned off by January 1st. I have a little bit of product left in the warehouse and as soon as it's gone, the offer gets turned off. Gotcha, so you're slowing at sunset a little bit. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And then so you had another line too rolling out, right? Is that, when, is that did you layer that in? When did you, you start working on that new offer compared to the sleep one that was, okay, this needs to kind of stop getting my focus. Right. In spring of 2021, you and I had mm -hmm. a conversation and I was sort of asking you what niche I should look at. And because I'm Canadian and speak French, I say niche rather than niche. <laughs> so haters, you know where to find me. Um, and I didn't want to play in the weight loss space because I've sold lots of fat burners but I sold fat burners to people who were willing to go to the gym and mm -hmm. modify their diet, and modify their lifestyle, as opposed to just hoping for a miracle in a bottle. And I wasn't comfortable being in the direct response weight loss space. Yeah. So you and I had a conversation one day and you said, have a look at beauty. There's some, there seems to be some good opportunity. So I decided to do a hair growth an enhancement supplement for women, mm -hmm. which did quite nicely, but I was never passionate about it. Gotcha. Yeah. And I like being passionate about stuff. So while it's been good, the whole the whole time while it's been live and doing okay, I've always been thinking about what's the next offer. And I'm much more of a brand guy than an offer guy. And no disrespect to the people who just launch single yeah. offers for different demographics and whatever. Will you, just, will you just break that down in your opinion for me, like brand versus offer? Yeah. Sure. Um, people who do offers basically will launch a product in multiple niches, but there's no real link between the product in terms of branding. Like you buy a Coca-Cola product, everything you buy from Coca-Cola, whether it's Diet Coke, Coke, Coke Zero, et cetera, they all have a Coke logo on it in some place. Coca-Cola is a brand. Mm -hmm. The offers are basically standalone, no link between, they might have five different products, but there's no common branding necessarily. They're really just individual standalone offers, or there, there might be one or two products that are there for the upsells and downsells, but it's not a traditional brand approach where everything is highly branded. Like for examples in this space, if you look at Organifi, mm -hmm. Organifi is a brand. Paleo Valley is a brand. Um, by Optimizers, right? By Optimizers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're a brand. Whereas some of the other products are really just standalone offers. Sure. And yeah. I respect 
those offer owners tremendously because they know that their product generally has anywhere from a six to 18 month life cycle. So while their product is scaling, that they're all working on the next product so that when the first one that's running starts to lose some legs, they have something to replace it with. But there's no, not necessarily any link from product A to product B. It's not a new and improved, it's just a different offer totally with no, not necessarily any commonality in packaging or a link from sure. f- between the two products. No, thanks for breaking that down. So when you're building out offers, um, you're thinking of it in the brand capacity? Yes, yeah. I'm, a, I'm mm-hmm. a brand person and I'm much more comfortable with a slower, steadier brand approach where if things go well, you launch a complimentary product every three to six months and you build out a whole suite of products that are part of the same brand so that you you talk to your customer with a common voice rather than using different voices to promote different offers that might not be linked at all in the customer's mind. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. So you launched the beauty product, the hair supplement. Right, which is called Tressa New. Tressa New, yeah. Which is still live and mm-hmm. does, I haven't put a ton of effort into getting it traffic, but when it gets traffic, it converts quite nicely. Yeah, You've, yeah, no, it's, I've seen those pages, it looks, it performs very well. That's still rolling. Correct. And now you're working on the next brand, right? Uh, well, I have a new brand that launched the first week in November. Mm-hmm. The brand is called True Canine, and our first product is Wild, Be- Wild Belly. Sorry. <laughs> um, really bad when I can't say the name <laughs> of my own product properly. So it's Wild Belly, which is a dog probiotic. It's the first dog probiotic on ClickBank. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a dog person. It's a way less competitive space than some of the very competitive niches on ClickBank. So I sort of like the fact that I might be competing with three or four or five people as sure. opposed to competing with 50 in weight loss or something similar. That makes so sense. Yeah. Um, we, we put a lot of time and money into developing the product. I've partnered with Stefan Georgi on his, and oh, his cool. team so, yeah. on this offer. So I didn't save expense anywhere. I wanted the best. Our offer is very compliant. I'm a big believer in compliance always. And so far, so good. Our AOVs are looking really good. Now it's just a question of getting it enough traffic, doing a bunch of split tests, optimizing it. Yep. <laughs> exactly. So we've already tested a couple of different leads. We declared a winner. We're now doing a split test on pricing to see what mm-hmm. works better. And on early data, one of them has an AOV that's about $50 higher than the other. So if this continues, that will definitely be our winner that we have another completely different sales letter, which will be the next test. And once we get it optimized, we'll then shoot a really high quality VSL. Nice. Yeah. So what, so looking at this rollout of this true canine versus the other offers you were working on, like what would you tell yourself three, four years ago, if you're consulting yourself almost, where would you be guiding James of that period? It, it would have been to stay true to my roots. Mm-hmm. I was never comfortable with the early iteration of my sleep offer, reading the copy again, and it's all based on my lack of experience. We weren't super aggressive, yeah. but by the same token, I tried to bring my fresh eye to the copy and say, would you buy it? And my answer most of the time was no. Mm-hmm. We weren't saying that we're guaranteeing somebody eight hours of quality sleep because you can't make that guarantee. And different people react differently to different sleep ingredients. So for example, melatonin. 
For the people it works for, it works great. Other people, it has the opposite effect and they get totally wired. Mm. So there's not one answer for everybody with sleep problems. And knowing what I now know about sleep and direct response, I never would have gone into the space. Gotcha. So that would have pivoted away from sleep into a whole different. Absolutely. And and, and I'm Mm -hmm. not sure what it would have been going back three years, but it, in retrospect, it should have been something different for sure. Sure. What assuming let's, let's assume offer a was sleep and it was going like, what are some mistakes you think you made along that way? Um, intentional or not that could have been overcome? Well, it's, it's basically just what I've now learned about how to test and launch an yeah. offer. I was very much in the build an offer and they will come kind of mentality. I thought the hard work was building the offer, right? No, that's the easy part. The hard work is getting it traffic. <laughs> yeah. Trying to scale it and optimize it. That's where you have to roll up your sleeves and put in the really hard days. Yeah. I, I joke with people. I'm like, Oh, cool. You've done the hard work. Now you have the hard work right? <laughs> of scaling it. Cause it's true. Right? You get something off the ground and it's rolling or it's not rolling, but you've got it off the ground and you're like, yeah. And I was like, Oh, now we have to get traffic for it. Right. It's like, so I knew nothing about buying email drops yeah. and l- I knew nothing about list management and realizing so it, that there were people I could rent lists from to, to drive traffic to the offer to see how it works. So how'd you start breaking into that? It's cause uh, you were stuck. You had your offer offers. Like how'd you start beating your head against the wall trying to win traffic? A lot of it was just sort of begging people for traffic. Yeah. You know, how much commission do you need to be able to, to sell this? or to promote it and try to get me some sales. And I never had a proper testing plan in place. And having gotten to meet some amazing ClickBank, Platinum and Diamond vendors, who I've had the privilege of becoming friendly with and being able to ask them advice, I, if I had known three years ago what I know now, it would have been a totally different path. <laughs> so the launch plan for this product the, the Wild Belly product has been very different from how I launched offers in the past. I was just trying to leverage relationships, mm-hmm. whereas now we have a proper testing budget for list rentals. And because it's a dog product, 40% of American homes own a dog. So whether it's a prepper list or a financial list or a personal development list or a woodworking list or weight loss or any of the health offers, of all of those people own dogs. So now it's just all about renting lists for different demos and seeing what's working and what's not working. Like so far in our first month, the best converter was a political list. Mm, Interesting. And it converted (laughs) at... Which is kind of crazy since you're in the middle of midterms right then too. So (laughs) Absolutely. But we we did a couple of list rentals and converted at Mm 3.5% with AOVs over $200. And like I got all excited and then we tried some other lists that didn't work nearly as well. <laughs> so I've sort of learned not to be on the roller coaster of getting really excited when you have a good day and really down when you have a bad day. Sure. And sort of look at the month. How many lists did you test on? What's your overall conversion rate? What's your overall AOV, et cetera? And that's when you have a sense of for how scalable your offer really is. No, that makes pertinent. I'm glad you said that too, because that's something we try to preach here. It's like you have to get in love with the process. Uh, Penelope, my daughter, she was joking. I was like, what does practice make? Practice makes. And then she filled in the line, passion. 
I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, yes. <laughs> not, right. Not perfect, but passion. Like if you right. get passionate about the data and how the testing works and like, oh, there was an improvement there. That didn't work. Why didn't that work? And you dive into that. You'll have a lot more long-term success and going, oh, 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 oh. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and it's yeah. emotionally draining yeah. to live. Oh, my God, we had a great day today. And what I've learned is sometimes I've rented the same list three months in a row. And one month it could crush. And then the next month is terrible. And then the third month is mediocre. <laughs> so sometimes a day of the week, time of the day, what's going on in the world. So there are a lot of factors that you can't control. But... I always come back to what Amber says. What does the data show? Yeah. Don't negotiate with yourself and talk yourself into what you think the data shows. Be mercenary and analytical. What You ran traffic for a month. How many clicks did you get? How many sales did you get? What's the conversion rate? What's the AOV? And test like crazy. Only once you've tested and dialed it in can you then really go to your affiliate friends and say, okay, here's my data so far. I'd love your support. Yeah. It's much easier to get support for something when you have data versus begging and pleading to get somebody to send you a mercy send, which doesn't always work. Yeah. Well, yeah, either won't get traffic or you get the junk traffic, <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> like, sure, I've got this list that I haven't touched in ages. We'll send it to this thing and it doesn't open. Yeah. It doesn't click. And, and what, yeah. what a lot of people don't realize is somebody will say, oh, list X is going to promote for me. But what they don't necessarily know is it might be the crappiest 10% segment of that list. It might be people who haven't opened or clicked anything in 180 days. Yeah. So that data is not representative of a darn thing. It's just, it's a garbage send. Those people are not active. They're not buyers. There's no way to know what that send was really worth. Whereas if I rent a list and I know I'm going to 300,000 people tomorrow, then at least I know that there are active openers and clickers on that list, hopefully buyers versus just leads, et cetera, because no two lists are the same. And everybody, in my opinion, exaggerates a little bit about the size of their list and the quality of their list. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> <laughs> Nonsense. No, so, so you haven't, have you rolled out to affiliates yet at all? Yes, we've done mm -hmm. some affiliate testing this month and the results have been mixed, mm -hmm. which I sort of expected. Because again, every list is different. We've had some who did really well, some that have bombed. Same thing on the lists that we're renting, because those are lists that I can also work with on an affiliate basis. But early on, I want to rent the list so that I've got the full send so I can get as much data, good data, qui as quickly as possible mm -hmm. to dial the offer in so that hopefully we're running on all cylinders by January 1st. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And that's what I see people stumble into, right? Is that they don't have enough data to really leverage and they don't know how to even go get that. But if you're starting out, like if you were going back to like your previous brands, like would you be taking capital to kind of get those going? Or are you like, do you think it can be done if you don't have capital invest in traffic? If you just, I've put it all into, I've got 50,000 units in my warehouse. I need to get these out and I'm already a hundred grand in the hole. Like, <laughs> right. Well, first like, of all, yeah. never build 50,000 units of anything <laughs> until you know that you have yeah. a proven offer. So th that's a mistake I see a lot of people making. So like I, especially in the supplement space, I love the idea of white label products for proof of concept mm -hmm. because it's a great way to test a sales page quickly 
without having massive inventory exposure. And white label meaning someone has this product in a warehouse, it's already pre-manufactured, you can put your branding and label on that. Correct, it goes but the door. It, it's yeah. a generic formula mm -hmm. that many other offer owners have access to. Sure. So I'm a big believer in white label for testing. Once you see you have a converting offer, my opinion as somebody who's been in supplements for 21 years, is I would prefer a custom formula over a white labeled formula at scale. Mm -hmm. But definitely I'm 100% on board with using a white label product to prove your sales offer and see that it works. Yeah, I think it makes sense, especially if you're new to supplements because you don't the, you can learn the ins and outs of the manufacturing world once you are ready to tackle that versus I just need to test if this hook, even if this has legs, right? Absolutely. And unfortunately, the during COVID especially, lots of people were led to believe that it's easy to go into the supplement business. And yes, it is in the terms that there's no barrier to entry. So anybody can go into the supplement business, but it takes way more time <laughs> and is way more expensive than people realize. Yeah. So the idea of launching a supplement brand for five or $10,000, that's just not real world. It doesn't happen or, and it can't happen. Do you, do you find there's like a, a range of investment you think that someone needs to have to kind of be, have a, do it a real shot at kind of getting an offer off the ground? My opinion, minimum $50,000. Mm -hmm. Expecting that you're going to hire a copywriter for five, you're not going to get an A-lister, but you're going to hire a good copywriter for five to ten to fifteen thousand dollars, somewhere in that range, and some people will then go and build out their pages on ClickFunnels, which is fine. Mm -hmm. um, I'm I'm a big believer in better looking pages convert better than not good looking pages. So I invest money in branding for my packaging and stuff like that, where a lot of offer owners don't. No, you have amazing branding on your and, packaging. You know, yeah, it sort of cracks mm -hmm. me up that. Offer owners will spend $50,000 on a sales letter, $50,000 to produce a VSL, but they hire some guy off Fiverr for a hundred bucks <laughs> to design their packaging and yeah. they don't do live photography of their products. They're using an artist's rendering. And to me, it's like you spent a hundred grand on this thing, spend $500 for a half day photo shoot and get, <laughs> right, make it look good. get, get some pictures of your product on a kitchen counter next to a bed, wherever it is, make it look somebody actually holding your product in their hand. It's, it, it amazes me that they spend so much money on certain things, but don't spend money on other things. Whereas I invest money into branding, I invest money into web development, but I don't want a page that takes five seconds to load. My pages are all custom coded and they mm -hmm. load in a second. And to me, that's very important. It's huge. Yeah, um, I'm a big believer in using <laughs> platforms that allow you to split test easily. Mm -hmm. So all my all my pages run on CB Split, which makes split testing incredibly easy for offers that are on ClickBank. Yeah. So if anybody's not using it, and I don't get an affiliate commission or anything else, <laughs> but Stefan and his team at CB Split are amazing to work with, and a lot of the top offer owners have migrated their their offers to his platform. Yep, no, I agree. I put, you know, when new offers are coming on board, I tell them, hey, if you want to, hey, what's the best page builder to use or something? I was like, uh, CB split if you're going to be on ClickBank at scale. Yes, so, like yeah. we have one offer where we're running five, we're split testing five different headlines or leads. And literally it's all done in CB split and CB split just splits the traffic equally. And every few days we go look at the data. And if there's enough clicks to be significant, 
we turn off the worst performing one and then let it continue with the four iterations and then turn off the worst one until we're down to the two where we can really declare a winner. And I'm doing a price test now where there's a $60 difference in AOV between the same copy, just a different pricing structure and the AOV difference is massive. So I just need another hundred sales for it to be statistically significant, but I'm convinced that we'll keep the higher price because the conversions are maybe 10% lower, but the AOV is 50% yeah. higher. So just do the math. No, that's a, it's yeah. Looking at that conversion to the customer revenue versus conversion is important. Right. And that's the big shift we've seen in the last two years is the AOV can get shockingly high when you're testing that. And yeah, conversions do suffer a bit, right. but not nearly enough to offset that average customer earning that you're yes. bringing in. That's hitting your page or web visitor earning, right? That's hitting your page. Absolutely. Yeah. What? So, through all of this, you also layered in a different business model for yourself, which was the consulting piece of this. Yes. When did that come to fruition? Like, when did that come about? And how does that layer into your, I guess, your life, really? Sure. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. In June of 2021, my phone rings and it's Amber Spears. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't even say hello. I say hello and she says, What the F are you doing? I said, What do you mean? She says, you're in this Facebook group giving away a lot of your supplement expertise that you've spent 20 years accumulating. Why aren't you offering consulting services? I said, really? I've done consulting in other industries in the past. It's never occurred to me. (laughs) She says, you need to do it. So literally the next day, I went into the direct response marketing group on Facebook, and I created a post saying, hey, guys, I've been formulating and manufacturing supplements for 20 years. I've been convinced to offer some consulting services. If anybody needs help custom formulating a product and launching, et cetera, I'm happy to help. I had my first client in 36 hours. Somebody reached out to me the same day. We had a Zoom that afternoon. He was an existing ClickBank platinum offer owner who wanted to add a supplement to his digital offer. And it sort of grew from there. And I met some other wonderful ClickBank Platinum vendors, one of whom was in the personal development space and decided he wanted to enter the supplement space. So I helped him formulate and brand and build out four different supplement products. And then later, and sorry to take a step back, that was twenty June of 2020, not okay. 2021. In summer of 2021, I got somebody from the direct response group asked me to jump on a Zoom and they said, I've seen you offering advice and that you do consulting and they wanted to launch their own offer and they had experience five years experience in the space. The offer owner knew what they wanted in terms of the product niche. They could write the copy, they could produce the VSL, but they wanted just general coaching and just to buy my time to be able to advise them along the road. And I said, sure, let me think about it. And I called Amber and said, what do I charge? And Amber came back to me with a range and I reached back out to the potential client and said, okay, you can buy a 10 block, 10 hour block of my time for X amount of money and I'm happy to help you. A month later, somebody else from the direct response (laughs) group reached out to me, a digital offer owner who wanted to add a supplement and the digital offer owner is in the practitioner health space and they had built a great business on Facebook. And I said, sure, I'm happy to help you with a supplement. 
but let's spend a few hours. I want to understand your business. And when I took a look at their business, they were scaling wonderfully and had built a great business on Facebook ads. And I said, okay, why aren't we? And I said, we, because I was part of the team already mm -hmm. two days in. I said, why aren't we offering this to affiliates? And the response was, what are affiliates? <laughs> right. And so talked the offer owner through it. And I reached out to you and the three of us jumped on a Zoom. And very quickly, we identified some opportunities. So I had never worked on an info product before, but helped the offer owner build out a high ticket info product and then launch a couple of ebook funnels and then launch a webinar funnel. And it's, I, I love being part of the process. Um, I have a very busy mind and my mind very rarely <laughs> shuts off. But if I'm working on the same thing for eight hours a day, I get easily distracted. Mm -hmm. I probably have ADD or ADHD. Sure. I've never been evaluated. And Ritalin would probably change my life. But what's going really well for me is in doing this consulting work, I get to work on somebody's problems for an hour. Then I'm working on my offer. Then I'm dealing with another client. And I've been incredibly blessed. And I don't use the word blessed often. There's not one person that I've dealt with on a consulting basis that I don't personally like, consider a friend. Um, some of them have young kids who I played Elf on the Shelf with last <laughs> Christmas. Like they would be in on their parents' Zoom and like, James, do you see the Elf? And you know, so I've gotten to know yeah. these offer owners personally as well as just helping advise them on their business. Ultimately. I'm only as good as the offer owner's ability to implement. Mm -hmm. I can give people all the advice in the world if they can't execute on it or they think they know better, then maybe it's not a, destined to be a long-term relationship. But my the clients who've had the most success, I would say that they've probably somewhere between 5X and 10X the money they've spent with me. And there are a few of them who refer... Yeah to my fees as an investment rather than an expense, which gives me tremendous pleasure. There's times where I get more pleasure hearing one of my consulting clients say, I just had the best month my business has ever had than in me having a good month with my own offers. So it, it's been very good for me. I like working. Um, somebody said to me, well, you know, you're getting older, you're gonna retire? And absolutely not, I'll never retire. I love the action. I. I live for the adrenaline. So I work 60 hours most weeks, um, spend a lot of time on Zoom, have a ring light, which is something I never thought I would own. Um, so you know, your, your Zoom setup has improved quite a bit over yes, the years. Yeah, though. well, I learned, I learned the lighting angle from seeing a picture of your oh, nice, ring light yeah. one night. So the, the Zoom setup has definitely appeared. Now I need a good microphone. So that's my next, my next step for sure. But the, the consulting work has been very rewarding totally freaked out and had major imposter syndrome when you and one of your colleagues had a meeting with me at TNC in September and asked me to be part of the ClickBank Experts program. Yeah. And I think it's the first time we've teased it on here. So ooh. Yeah, so by the <laughs> time this program. comes out, I'm assuming the, the Experts program be will it. be live. Yes, I'm going to knock on wood for that, but right. it definitely should be. Yeah. So, <laughs> so apparently I'm one of, I don't know exactly how many, but probably six or eight experts that ClickBank will help curate and refer offer owners or people to certain experts who can help them 
accelerate their process. And what I strive, and again, major imposter syndrome when you guys asked me to do it, but I'm thrilled <laughs> to be part of it because you guys are amazing to me and all of the clients that I onboard with you. And, you know, I'm very loyal and you guys have never done me wrong and I know you won't. But what I try to do with my consulting work is help an offer owner accomplish in three or four months what would normally take them a year to do if they were on their own. Nice, yeah. So, Because you've been in that year and a half grind. Oh, yeah. yes. <laughs> I had dents in my forehead from yeah. banging my head on the mm -hmm. wall. Absolutely. And there's different costs in running a business. There's hard costs in terms of cash you spend, but there's also opportunity costs. And if you waste nine months trying to get an offer dialed in, you're missing massive opportunities. If you can do in three months what would take a year, mm -hmm. whatever it costs you in the three to four months is way less expensive than the nine months of opportunity you're missing. I think that even boils down to traffic, right? You're talking about renting lists versus grinding, trying to just beg for affiliate traffic, right? Yes. It goes that way too. You put up the money up front, you get traffic a lot faster, you get data faster. It applies to like every part of your business. You can look at that. Yes, yeah. very much so. And, mm -hmm. and again, I see a lot of new offer owners who have the, if I build it, they will come impression of just let's build an offer and it's going to work. Until you're getting significant numbers of clicks, you don't know what you have. Yeah. And as I said earlier, that's where the real hard work comes in. Yeah, no, that's, we, we really believe here it's like the right people, right time mantra, right? So it's like if someone's coming across our desk or on a Zoom or at a conference, whatever it might be, and we're chatting with them and we realize that they need help with whatever it could be. We want to be that connection point for them, right? Whether it's related to ClickBank or not. It's like, hey, it really sounds like you need, you want X. It really sounds like you need help with Y. You should talk to Z, right? Right. And kind of help bridge those connections and try to help them get to that next step faster. And that's what we see with you, right? It's like you've been able to take these people. And we're chatting with, I was chatting with our mutual clients um, just with them, right? We weren't, you weren't around, but <laughs> right. <laughs> they brought up, they're like, man, James has tremendously changed our business. He gets the, right, from not just a supplement, from a whole offer, from fruition and idea to scaling, right? Better than anyone I've met before. And there's probably people that are better at you in each one of those cases, right? Like copy sure. or traffic or whatever it might be. But, right, you've got a very good mind for seeing the start and the finish and identifying the gaps along the way that someone needs to Yes, and I, I guess that yeah. comes from 40-plus years as an <laughs> entrepreneur. Yeah. And the one benefit I had is I realized in my teenage years that I'm not wired to be an employee. And so I always wanted to do something entrepreneurial. So I understand the pains that other entrepreneurs go through. Yeah. And, you know, like I've been very lucky to meet some amazing offer owners who've given me advice. Like I never realized the value of an email list. I thought the email list was just hey, you know, send them a special once a month or whatever, not realizing how much that email list is actually worth. And the best advice I got about email lists was from our mutual friend, Brad Howard, mm -hmm. who said to me, just because somebody's on your email list today doesn't mean you own them forever. So don't spam them. Don't email them five times a day, but monetize them while, you're on, while they're on your list because at some point, they're finally gonna un unsubscribe or stop opening your emails or you're gonna go to spam. Yeah, that's, I feel like, I see a lot of brands who wanna grow into direct response, 
and there's a lot of stumbling blocks that hit along the way, even though they might be an eight figure company, right? Or nine figure in some cases, but they're all fully branded in e-com, right? Right. They want to go, well, we need some offers. We want to build this. And they hit a lot of stumbling blocks, whether it's copy, but a big part of that is that email list piece of it. And like that inability to be an affiliate to those customers for other brands. Not that you need to do that aggressively, right? but there's a way to monetize past your core product line and really grow your revenue stream with that email. Sure. Mm -hmm. And certain very branded companies don't mail third party yeah. offers. Mm -hmm. And I totally understand that as well, especially if you have a line of 10 products. If you have 10 products, you have enough stuff between your products yeah. plus, plus blog posts, information, <laughs> et cetera, where you can be emailing your, your customers every day, keeping that dialogue ongoing. But if somebody owns an offer rather than a brand, there is no reason for them to not be promoting third-party offers once a day or even twice a day yeah. because you get the squeeze from the lemon while that person is on your list. Yep. So, you know, again, don't spam them. <laughs> don't get reported for spam. Don't risk your domain reputation. But certainly there's a way to layer in third-party offers especially on non-branded companies. Yeah, 100%. I was, even with branded stuff too, as I was chatting with someone a week or two ago, I was like, well, no, okay, so sure, you can't touch your list. Like, that's fine. What other channels do you have? Like, oh, we've got a top podcast in our niche on XYZ. It's like, well, cool. Like, not everyone's going to be a perfect guest for you, but there's going to be those brand, those personal brand people out there with their offers that if they need a reset, they could be on your podcast instead of you doing a blast for them, right? Yes. There's lots of ways you can cut a deal to make it mutually beneficial than just send for me, I send for you. Right. right and now. I see that a lot with mm -hmm. the digital offer owners, especially who, if somebody, if they're helping somebody with back pain, for example, that person is very likely also to have knee pain or mm -hmm. shoulder pain or whatever. So if, you have a back pain offer and you don't have an offer to help with knee or ankle or shoulder, promote somebody else's offer because more than likely that customer has multiple issues and then very carefully introduce them to supplement products, but start with a joint supplement for somebody who has back pain right. rather than just trying to push a weight loss offer <laughs> on them. Like try to be as congruous as possible you are with your audience, at least initially. Um, it is a very big thing that I try to do with all my clients and I'm doing for myself as well. Like we're promoting, we're renting dog lists. We're promoting other dog offers because dog owner, dog offers in many cases will spend more money on their dog than they do on themselves. Some of them love their dogs yeah. more than they love their kids. So <laughs> why not offer them quality products that can help improve Rover's life? Cause we all want our dogs to live forever, right? Sure. Yeah, <laughs> I know you're you're <laughs> no, a cat owner. I get it. Uh, no, I always grew up with dogs, and I wouldn't say I love my cats more than my kids. But we did just put our cat in Prozac this week. One of our cats. So right, it's the amount of money we spend on our pets yes. is, yeah. I had a dog on Prozac years ago, so I feel your pain. Yeah, and the well, the whole thing with pets too, right? It's like people sell the pets with love. Yes, and a lot of times in direct response, it's with pain, right? Especially to the adult human audience. Right. Right. And I think that's some of that icky feeling we feel when we look at a VSL or a TSL and it's like, oh, this is just so aggressive and just cringy almost. You don't see that as much in the pet space. No, right. It's, very yeah. much not. You're it's all about in improving the quality of your pet's life. Yeah. And getting them to live a healthy quality life as long <laughs> as they possibly can. So that's why I'm much more passionate about this space 
than I am about sleep or hair loss, for sure. I love that. Where can people um, go to find out more about that pet offer if they've got maybe traffic for you to test? Sure. Um, the offer is on ClickBank. We're in the marketplace. Um, it's doggutsecret.com slash affiliates. Um, we've got link builders. We've got email swipes that you can download right off the page. Reach out to us for a commission bump. We're very good to our affiliates who are good to us. <laughs> And if you send us quality traffic and get conversions, we will work with affiliates to make sure they make as much money as possible on every single sale. I love that. Now, you definitely get the, the game of customer acquisition, right, and what that means. Yeah, so, and yeah. What, what I find a lot of new offer owners don't get, they're prepared to spend $120 to acquire a customer on Facebook, <laughs> but they don't want to pay a high commission on affiliate. And my response is, if you're prepared to pay X amount of dollars to acquire somebody on Facebook or Google... As long as that those numbers work for you, you should be prepared to spend as much money in affiliate commissions. Hundred percent. Incentivize yeah. your affiliates to make money. If you're only offering a ten percent commission, you're not going to get quality traffic. It yeah. just doesn't work that way. So, acquisit to me, affiliate is just another acquisition channel, and then it's what you do with that customer long term. I like day one AOV. It's an important metric, but I'm more interested in lifetime value of the customer. Yeah. I want to see. How many times they come back? Will they go on subscription? How long can we keep them? Those are the customers I'd rather have much more so than somebody who buys 12 units day one and then returns 11 of them after a month. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally agree. And then, yeah, it's that acquisition game versus what's that lifetime profit value versus just, hey, how much profit can I keep on day one? Right. Yes. That's, the, that's where you'll inhibit scale by trying to penny pitch a little too hard. Yes. Right? You, you have be, to yeah. you have to be prepared to go negative mm -hmm. on day one if you yeah. have the financial wherewithal to do it, and it's much easier to do it with a digital product than a physical <laughs> product because you don't have yeah. hard costs. You might have a DVD, but it's not the same as selling the cost of twelve bottles of a supplement, for example. So, digital offer owners, I see the the really aggressive, smart ones pay very high commissions because their back ends are so dialed in, all they want is more customers in their ecosystem. Yeah, it's almost a lead gen funnel in a way, yes, right? But it's <laughs> very much so. Yeah, yeah, but they're scaling that piece. And then on the consulting side for you, what's the ideal fit if someone's like, okay, I need to pick your, I always, well, Lee told us to use, tap into your genius versus pick your brain, right? Someone wants to tap into your genius on the consulting side, who's a good fit for you there? Either an existing offer owner who's having problems scaling, mm -hmm or somebody who decides that they want to be an offer owner. And just my big warning there is it's not as easy as everybody on Facebook makes it seem. You hear about the success stories, you don't hear about the failures. So be sure you have the financial wherewithal and the stomach to be an offer owner because it's not always good. There are good days and bad days and you have to be prepared for the roller coaster of the whole thing. Very few people have lightning in a bottle where they launch an offer that scales on day one. Yeah. You and I have one mutual friend who's done mm -hmm. that, but generally... But she had mentorship, right? She had amazing yeah. mentorship, absolutely. Which sped up her time horizon tremendously. So v that's Very much yeah. so. So I try <laughs> yeah. to do the same thing mm -hmm. with my offer owners and give them that mentorship and guidance, but also to help them set realistic expectations for what launching an offer looks like. Yeah. You don't go from zero to $100,000 a day in month one unless you have your own massive internal email list mm -hmm. where you can do that. But for most offer owners who are starting out who don't have a good size list, 
It's okay, you want your first $1,000 a day, then you want your first $2,000, $5,000, et cetera, et cetera. And hopefully every day or every week gets a little better, but you're gonna have down <laughs> weeks also. Yeah. Like it was Black Friday week, lots of offer owners didn't do great this past week because everybody oh, yeah. was on e-commerce so sites yeah. and they were loading up on cheap phones and TVs and everything else. So <laughs> other offers were impacted by it. So like I personally never do Black Friday sales because the last thing I want is a customer to stock up at half price on Black Friday and then I don't see them again until May or June. Yeah. So I'm giving away product at cost and I'm taking them out of their buying cycle. So to me, the pantry stuffers are the worst ones. Mm, yeah, and we find that, yeah, the people that purchase only on discounts are sometimes the worst customers kind of There's no loyalty, right? yeah. they jump from product to product. Yeah, yeah. And that's, and I, yeah, I push back on a lot of affiliates too, because a lot of times it's a big affiliate who wants to become a seller, an offer owner, because they think, oh, well, they're keeping all the margins. Like, no, you're getting, no. You're getting paid all the margin as a media buyer or an affiliate. Um, so let's really drill into what you're wanting to build here and why, and if it's only cash, you're probably better off just being a, scaled media buyer. <laughs> yes, very much so. If you want a brand like we're talking about and you want more stability in maybe three to five years, then cool. Let's chat about that and what that path is and what's the first step of right. that. And be but, prepared to make mm -hmm. a six-figure plus investment yeah, to make exactly. it happen. Yeah, and what is customer service and all those operations. But yeah, very it's, much so. it's not the set it and forget it game that people hope it is. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> well, James, thanks so much for a flying out to Boise from Montreal this week to come visit us here. And we'll link to your experts page in the show notes. So people can get in touch with you if you're considering uh, consulting. And then we'll make sure to link to the True K9 affiliate page that you referenced in earlier. Uh, so people can find that if they got traffic for you. Um, and y'all, I'd highly recommend jumping into that direct response marketing partners group where you can see James share all kinds of memes, mostly appropriate ones in that group. Uh, less I save the inappropriate ones. ones for text. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> mostly appropriate ones in there. Um, no, James, you've been a plethora of information to this niche and to our whole space. Um, so I think you've really come into your own in the last few years, just being able to add value in that way while going through some, not hard knocks, I'd say, but through some growing pains into a new space, right? So well, really, you yeah. know, as I, as I say frequently, Without the support that you personally have given me, I would have been out of the direct response space a long time ago. So oh I'm gosh, very well, appreciative yeah. of everything you and the entire team at ClickBank do for me. Well, again, game respects game, right? So it's like when you see someone working on it and happy to invest any advice we can give to help that continue growing, it's the tire kickers that are always kind of hard to work with sometimes. Like, what should I do now? It's like, well, you didn't do the last six things we talked about. So exactly. it, it's all <laughs> right. about the ability yeah. to execute and implement mm -hmm. new ideas. Yeah, 100 percent. So, um, but yeah, we're going to a holiday party tomorrow night. We got dinner tonight with some of the team. So uh, we'll wrap it up here and let you get to some of those fun activities. But James, if you got any last words to say, please say them now. But thank you so much for being here. No, I just I'm thrilled to have been here and thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Happy scaling, everybody. And thank you, James. Thank you.